0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Inside the Forest. I'm your host, Cameron limbs Debro. We are 10 days away from Wake Forest kicking off the 2022 season. I could not be more excited. I'm so tired of hearing about realignment, commissioners, this, this at a certain point, I just wanted to hear people. I want to see football happening. I got to be a little bit of taste today with high school football kicking off Friday, but we are inching ever so close to win or taking off their season. A uh, bit of a short show today. Uh, I really wanted this to just be kind of quick hits going through. I don't necessarily say position by position, but definitely going through what we saw, what we heard, calls, texts, et cetera, of from what happened during fall camp. Um, in case you've been living in Iraq right now, uh, the media is no longer able to see uh, practice. The team is now in full-on game preparation for VMI on st- for September 1st. Um, but we did have three weeks to, for uh, Les Johns and a bunch of other reporters got to sit there and watch every single second of practice. And, you know, that's something that I want to make sure that's really expressed because that's something a lot of programs don't get, especially a lot of big programs. A lot of big programs will have you essentially watch a couple snippets of practice here and there, maybe once a week, maybe twice a week. But the fact that we get to sit there and watch the entirety of practice. And while there are some limitations of, you know, if someone gets injured or if someone's is injured, not really talking on that, not really going into the specifics of formation, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that we're able to sit there and watch that and is, I think it's really good and I think it's something that goes undervalued in today's game. Um, so we'll jump right into it. Um, let's cut this real quick. I'm not going to start with the quarterbacks. You're going to have to wait to the end for that. Um, also, I'm not going to be sitting here breaking any news on Sam Hartman. Sorry, not sorry. Um, that's a situation that personally I'm going to let that one play out as it is, but I'll give a couple thoughts on where that is towards the end. Uh, so let's start with the back end of the defense safeties. Um I've written down right now, a jumbled mess, but a good one. Um I know we keep talking and hearing about death, this, death, this, death, this, death, that. And last year it felt like there was death on the team. And then Sear Greer got hurt. And then Zion Keith was kind of being moved around and JJ Roberts was kind of invisible for a while. And then Kobe Davis went down and it, and Nick Anderson picked up something here and there. And it was just, it, it kept feeling like it snowballed. And we never really got to the true depth of what, we never really got true depth there. And I think this year we get that. I mean, you see that now the Vanderbilt transfer, of Brendan Harris, I, he wasn't necessarily flashy throughout camp. I mean, the last few practices, definitely his name was something that was written down a lot. It was something that I got a guy called about probably. Like, hey, this is why we brought the guy in. Um, he but he was consistent the entire camp. There wasn't there weren't breakdowns. There weren't he wasn't, oh no, he's just gonna sit here and just blow an assignment. Like and that's something I think a lot of weight fans and coaches both need new need to be cleaned up, is there were a lot of just, you know, is someone rotating the right way, is someone coming down the right way. If someone makes a play on you, that happens. It's football, you want people to make plays, and force is often someone is one that makes plays. But Brendan Ayers was someone that was very consistent in terms of he knew what his design was, he played like he should have, good. And I think that's something that's very undervalued. Uh, you've got Malik Mustafa coming back eight months after a torn ACL, less than eight months. It was, it was New Year's Eve um, that he tore it and didn't have surgery on it until probably the first or second week of, Jan- of January. But he's out of a red jersey was full-on participating towards the end of camp um and will be going into the season healthy and full and as a full go or it should be at least i will let's kind of should be but from what we know he he should be uh Garnes, gardens fan favorite of yours truly played like practice well He was cons- a consistent guy um i don't know if i necessarily see him as someone that they see as more of a the field safety or kind of really eye safety and just kind of being a patrol guy, I think he might end up being playing closer to the line. But he still was, he was great. He was pretty good. Slocum, having Slocum um, coming off an injury from spring camp um, brought that kind of slow. But when he came back, mixed in with the ones and twos, he's going to be someone that's buying for a whole lot of time. They really, really like him. Um, I think he's someone that plays more of a high of a high safety. like kind of got to the chain I think his value is kind of being more of a center fielder. but the you know, and I can go through all those people and then kind of forget about a j. Williams, who I had on the transfer order watch last year, and just the new safeties coach has just made him a different human being. Like he has every person I've talked to has been like he he's just def- he's just playing different. He's just playing more confidently. he's full go. And I, I think they have for you know for two positions three if you want to count it for the rover, they have enough bodies there. They'll have, we'll have one, one in Malik, one in Chalen, one in Brendan Harris, one in AJ Williams, one in Logan. So it's five for two, two and a half. positions because the rover, and we'll touch on this when we get to the nickel. The rover will be kind of a maybe played twenty, thirty percent of the time. I think it's still their base defense to have a rover out there, but I think a lot of times they're going to run more of a nickel. But yeah, if you have five guys for two positions, that's what you want. And it's not just the, oh no, they're just playing well because they're playing against the twos and threes. Like all these guys were getting reps with the ones and with the twos, and they were just really mixing and matching and just seeing, you know, who works well together. And that's without a Nick Anderson, who is should be coming back fairly soon. But I don't think they feel the need to necessarily keep checking on him and be like, hey, you ready? You ready? You ready? Like I think there's, they feel comfortable with what they have at safety. And you let Nick recover from what he needs to recover from. And then when you put him, when you, when he's ready, now you have a full on three deep at that position. I think that is something that would be great. And a notable omission from that room is a guy of Kobe Davis who could, if, if push comes to shove, could go back to the safeties, um, safety positions. But even in today, uh, Les Johns had a interview out with, Brad Lambert, uh, defensive coordinator Brad Lambert, and one of the things they talked about was Kobe being a nickel. In um, quote unquote, uh, we started him early at nickel. and moved him to safety without Evan Slocum, uh, but Evan's come back now. It's given us the ability to move again. Uh, Mustafa was out the first week of practice too, so we got him and Evan back. We don't have to play him at safety anymore, so we put him back at nickel, where he'll play a lot for us. He's doing very well and is a gifted player. And so I, I take that. Um, I take that all is the same. you know, I, I think a lot of times. And this season, we're going to see more of a three-quarterback look. I think it's going to be your Kaylin Carson and your Gavin Holmes or J.J. Roberts, who has been arguably the most improved person in camp. J.J. Roberts, the former Gatorade West Virginia player of the year, the athleticism has always been there. It's been, can he be on the field, whether it was the COVID season where he was in and out, in and out, in and out of COVID protocols or last year where, I know he had a guy bang, banged up a little bit. He was a little bit inconsistent, but now he's Practicing like a one, and you know, they're like, "This is the guy we recruited." and So you, you have your outside guys. Those three, maybe there's a fourth that comes in with uh, a Zamari Stevenson, true freshman from uh, from North Carolina. He, he has been making plays. You know, can he be can he be more uh, consistent? You have a guy like deshaun Jones, who's been the, the system for a couple of years. You know, is that is it time for him to really start making plays? You have other guys like tramola Martin, the B two l American transfer they got, um, who I you know, I think, you know, when you get a transfer like that and has, he has two years to play one, you know, maybe he should be vying for more time. And I also want to caution that and say, hey, reminder that he got to camp, the base camp is basically like a week before camp started. So he's still trying to pick up on a lot of things with the playbook. I mean, the, apparently the talent's there. He just needs some more reps, more time to get there. And we'll see what happens after season the of all. Um, but if he doesn't play this year, that's fine because he still has another year if he if he doesn't exhaust his eligibility this year. So you have those guys on the outside, but I think a lot of times when we look at the ACC, you think of more three wide receiver sets. And I mean, look at Wake. I mean, Wake Forest is a good example of that. I think that's why we saw a lot of it here at camp is you have your two. You obviously have the two studs on the outside, but then you have your slot receiver. If someone was playing Wake and they had, and I love again. Chalen Guard's program training program here. If you have Chalen Guards lined up on Taylor Morin, I want the ball going there. It has nothing to do with Chalen beating me thinking Traylon's bad, this or that. It's just a mismatch. I don't want a smaller shiftier guy on someone who's essentially an oversized safety. I think I think we'd all go, hey, go the ball's go there. And I think Wig has noticed that throughout the last year or two, and even like last year, they their best lineup was with Jasir with Kalen, with Gavin, all three on the field. And I think Brett Lember has definitely said, hey, we need to we're to need do that. It's going to be a case-by-case basis, but I think a lot of times when you're looking at the ACC, you look at a Louisville, you look at a, even a Florida State, to be quite honest, you look at Clemson, these teams that have these slots receivers that are just going to give you nightmares. You wouldn't see, you've got to put a corner out there, and I think that's where you see a guy like Kobe Davis, who while well, I know he's been injured, pretty much every year, now that he's kind of said, hey, you're going to stay at Nickel unless something brutal happens. He's become more comfortable. He's been behind JJ j and is the person some people have talked about the most um, in camp is, you know, he's felt comfortable and just put all, felt like he's put all his injuries behind him. Um, and I think that's really good even then having a, a, a guy that you're able to say, I don't have to take from any other room. All my other rooms feel fine. I have this guy that is specialized in doing this, and I think that's a big, big, big value. But they, have, they feel like they have two of those guys with Isaiah Wingfield, a yeah, Harvard transfer, who last year was our bushes. Anytime Isaiah Wingfield played last year, it was a white flag. It, he was hurt, and well, we, we just, they wouldn't do anything else besides him. Now, the first kind of week and a half, two weeks of camp, it's really, really coming on. Kobe really overtook the old, tough one, got more comfortable just, just being in the nickel room. Um, but they feel like they have two guys, like can play that nickel. So I think the back end is going to be a lot more comfortable. And I don't want to say it's going to be better. It should be better. But I really want to – I think there – at least the bodies that are there, there are less question marks of, okay, what happens if this person goes down? What happens if this person? It's not just a cross-training exercise. They, I feel comfortable with behind, and I think that was nothing really last year. Last year, when if like, if Gav, if when Gavin or a Seer or a you Neil know, Carson got injured, kind of like held your breath a bit. Now it's like okay, cool. If, if Kayla or Gavin goes down, they feel great about JJ Jones looking for a fourth. I mean, I don't think there's a group in the country that can survive two injuries to them to their starters. That's just maybe a maybe Ohio State's wide receivers. Maybe. But if you have two injuries starters, no no one would kind that. But if you have one one injury, you can work with it. And I think they feel good about working. The question marks are probably all going to be with the linebacker group. Uh, as we all kind of heard yesterday uh, a couple days ago. ryan Smith will be out of the night game to pick up a third targeting in the Gator Bowl. It couldn't have been reviewed, even though they and they rolled to review it. Is just kind of it what the NCAA does at a certain point, which is really nothing. So you know what at least gives us a good look at what's what's next, and not even looking at them like like Chase Jones good just to put that up there. Chase Jones has been good. People are really excited. The death part of this is a little, you hear people feel good, but it's what happens when the lights come on. I um, mean, just looking at the mic position, there's Jalen Hudson. Jalen Hudson's been in the program for years at this point, and really haven't played much. That is a good camp, quote-unquote, from Dave Cawson. What does that look like? Because he's more than likely going to get the start, if I had to guess, against CMI. Uh, Mike, that's to J What does he look like? I've heard Dylan Hazen have a good a good camp as well, and, um at Mike as well. It's been cross-training a big people who banged up, but you know, what what do they have with the sec- that second year linebacker? I think it's going to be okay, but I we don't we just don't know. Um buying chase um is kind of a tie right now, um, which is a good and bad thing. Um I think Quincy Bryan had a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic ball camp. Uh, the converted safety, um, which, I mean, the will linebacker is essentially a converted safety. You call a spade a spade. Everyone wants that ability to cover in space. And what better than that is a safety that got too big? Um, Quincy Bryan had a very, very good fall. And multiple people have told him he's, he, he's, he's ready. Um, but they also did get a transfer now to the Robinson second from George Southern. He's been in and out um, due to injuries. And I think he's a bit behind even though he did rep with the twos during the last scrimmage, but you know how much of that is, we need to throw as many reps at him as possible to get him caught up to speed and how much of that is, is he, is he actually ahead of, of Quincy? I don't know. And that's a that's a, the bad, the bad problem is he's been in and out. The good problem is, they feel good about Quincy, and if Eldrick is simply just, okay, cool, we just need to get him more reps, then I think you feel a little better there. But again, with the linebacker group in general, it's what does it look like when they're made to play someone else that doesn't wear gold or black? That's really that's a really hard thing to answer. I mean, we'll have an answer come September 1st, but I don't know. I do. I think when we get to season predictions and overall predictions, the thing I'm going to plant my flag in is I think this is the best defensive line that Wake Forest has had in the last two decades. Um, Rondell Barber, as advertised. Jashin Davis, as advertised. Kendra Wayman. Kendra Wayman has had some has had some moments and he's becoming more consistent. I think which is, the big, which is the biggest thing with them. It's not so much, can he flash? It's how much can he sustain that? Um, so I like those. I don't, I don't think Ken John will start. The big old question mark, at least from the end's perspective is, what are you getting out of Ja'Cory Johns? Ja'Cory Johns has been a like, good player. You're not get me wrong, any of this, but it's felt like, it's felt like every year, like he's been on the cusp of, of, taking that next step, and then something happens, whether it's an injury, whether he just kind of plateaus that year. I mean, for two years, like, it was injury last year and in 2018. And so, you know, right now you kind of go, can't he take that next step to being what, even close to what Rondell was? I know he's a good player, but can he, can he take that next step? And if Chikori can take that next step to what we keep seeing him flash doing, then they, there's – the defensive ends are just going to be an issue for everyone. It's there's it's not even being at home or it's they will be an issue. Um, but also they're not they're probably not the best group on the defensive line. Uh, Kobe Turner is someone that scouts um, have been kind of raving about and have been like have been pointing at. Hey, don't really know how Wick has ended up with this kid, but we really 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 like him. It's a bit undersized, but it just the motor he plays with, high level he plays with, everyone really enjoys him you look at a guy like Kevin Pointer who, I mean, he came from University of Louisiana Monroe um, and I'm, at first I was like, you know what, I, I really like him. Got a little injured, banged up last year and didn't really play a lot after that. Um, has From Clawson, has had one of the best camps um, that they've had. So, good for him. Um, They're really high on him. Tyler Williams, if he can just stay healthy. <laughs> I think mean, that's been the story of his of his career, and Dave Cohen, the defensive line coach, has said as much. So, can he stay healthy? If he stays healthy, he's their best defensive player. He they just flies out. He's the best defensive player they have. If they can keep him healthy, problem is he has seemed like he's just been made of blast. But I think right now the best defensive tackle and second best defensive lineman is Deion Burge. Uh, Deion was actually named to a Bruce Beltman's freaks list. Uh, he is. A serious, serious, serious uh, weightlifter. Uh, just to give you a, a, a peek behind the veil there, you know, he's a bit, uh, this is the film had about um, Deion, even though he's a bit under 300 pounds, 6.298 pounds here from Florida. Was uh, the strongest player on the Deacon Deacon's team. Uh, he squats 700 pounds, power clean more than 400 pounds, and vertically chunked a shade under 30 inches. Um he also adds just if you want a bench press number four hundred and sixty pounds that's like pushing like a like professional powerlifter numbers um so I'm glad he's on i'm I'm glad he's on our side here but the Dion Bergen, i think if you were to pull the entire team and say who had the best camp i, I think think Bergen might. I think DeAndre might be the, the winner there. Um, everyone has been extremely impressed with what they've The question is, you know, is this defense going to be better? And I think yes. I point I out the and that I think it's going to be statistically and, and just look better. A lot of the times people have had plays. I mean, there's been a couple of, of mishaps. But a lot of times that, you know, we've seen the offense make plays on this team, it's the offense just making the play. You live with those, and that's something even Dave Koss has said multiple times. If someone just beats you one-on-one, you know, you don't want that to happen repeatedly because, you know, you want your guys to be able to win one-on-one of matchups. But if someone beats you one-on-one a couple times, whatever. The thing that will drive a defensive coordinator crazy and just break your defense down mentally is miscues. I mean, I remember a point in the Norfolk State game last year where Ryan Spender is quite literally yelling at the defense and yelling at it. Defensive back to get in position because he knows they're going to have swing grammar and the DB is like acknowledges them like, and says, "Yo, yeah, I'm going to do that," and it just doesn't do it. And I don't think that was a leadership thing. I think it's more of people just having too much to do. Um, and I know a lot of like Randall Bobo and both, and also, uh, Brad Lambert have talked about how they want the defense, especially the defensive line, to they want the defense line to really stop thinking as much and just kind of go. And I think that will trickle down to the linebackers and the DBs because it's when you're not having to sit here and be like, well, if A, B, then B, then C, then C, D. If your defensive line is just saying, I'm going to go out there and, and win my one-on-one matchup and go from there, everyone else has less, stuff, has less stuff to think about. And when you have less stuff to think about, athleticism takes over and it looks better. Again, we need the proof of concept here besides just, you know, you're doing that against Wake Forest's offense. But at least there, I think there are, there are a lot of things going a lot better than from last year, where I don't think we were sold a dream of it being better. And there, were, there were a lot of times the defense last year was good, but I think this year there are a lot more signs that it would be more consistent. I don't, I don't think anyone – we would all love a defense that is Iowa from last year that is just creating turnovers left, right, left, right, left, right, up, giving up 15 points a game. I don't think that's sustainable with how much they're going to be on the on the off on, on the field. But if they're, they're I Bill Connolly actually released his final preseason uh, SP plus numbers today, and he has Wake uh, at ninety third defensively. I believe correctly uh, if Wake can be quite literally sixty fifth, be dead average, just consistently just dead average, the team just looks completely different. And I think that I think mean, they are a lot of Notes and, and chatter that that's at least how will look. There will be there will still be the habit plays. So they're gonna they're gonna be an autistic defense. I think that doesn't change, but I think there will be a lot more consistency there. Uh, flipping it over to the offense, will start on the offensive line. Um, the best way to put this is just you, they just got to get healthy. Um, I know a lot of when when you the camp thing is if someone wins a rep, someone's losing defensive line won a lot of reps Um, and while they weren't all against the people that were shout out to Matt Goldman and Nick Sharp, by the way, freshmen out here taking on Rondell Bothard and and Dion and Kobe Turner and Chakura Johns with a, if they spent inside. uh, I think as a whole, they just got to get healthy. They, you could, I think you could feel they weren't comfortable necessarily with the pieces that were on the line. And while those two definitely performed well, at the end of the day, there's a reason you don't want redshirt freshmen playing, regardless of how highly talented they are. You don't, those, those are the people, that's the one place you don't want a freshman or a redshirt freshman really playing. You want that to be a 21, 22-year-old guy that's been eating eating nothing but chicken and rice for the last three years. And I think there's, I mean, Devontae Gordon and JVLT Nash are going to be the keys sort Of here in terms of not injury wise, those two guys have got to be good. I mean, you're replacing Zach Tom at left tackle, so the Board, I know you have a lot on your hands, but I, I think he got a real coming to Jesus moment the last few games of the seasons again against Clemson, against Pitt, and against NC State. Um, I mean, yeah, he was a retro freshman last year, now you're a retro sophomore. You gotta, this is this is your time. Um, you look at a uh, Sean McGinn, and I know he repped center a lot. During, during this fall camp, now he gets to get into his rhythm of of being a, a guard left guard again. What is he going to show us, there, right? I mean, You've you, you got to make sure you got you got an important job right now, considering the state of the quarterback room. Um, Jurgens, I know he's been out and is actually now back. He is officially back. He the red, red jersey is coming off. Um, we got we got to keep him. Got to keep you healthy. That point blank. You, you, it can't be this thing of, and I, it's not saying you need to be tougher. It's, it's it's There have been legitimate reasons why he's been out, but I mean, at the end of the day, the best abil- ability is play is availability. And it, it was tough that he was out against Clemson last year. It was tough last year. It was tough the fact that he was dealing with the shoulder injury like most of last year. And you can, you can kind of tell when he picked that up and he picked up the concussion. So, offensive line play. Started like just started decreasing so much. Lokes has got to cut down on penalties. That's not a fall camp thing. That's a general rule. Got to cut down on penalties. And I know there's pro- there's probably some rust on uh on say Nash not playing for a year. Uh, I mean, and I, and I think they're back backup. If people knew how many teams, how many teams that have been. Guard is in the upper echelon, have been trying to coach Nick Tobacco. He is one of the best offensive line coaches in the nation. Like I know I know Kevin Higgins gets a lot of love. Nick Tobacco is one of the best in the I know he's a good coach, and it's going to be a season that it's going to put the test of, hey, we got to get this. this team, this offensive line has to perform. They have to. Um, I mean, I know you're without Luke Pettibone for a little bit, and uh, George Sell. those two are probably surgeries they had right after a bowl uh, which is a big thing of why a Nick Sharp and a Matt Golden played was because you were missing Jergens, you were missing, missing Petavoc, you were missing Sell, you were missing Spencer Clapp for for a bit. Even still like Spencer Clapp probably isn't your answer at center. He's been moved around a kind of lot the while the versatility is fun and it's really helpful that he's able that he wants to do that and is able to do that. I, he, that's not what you should, what you should So I think at this point, it's just, you know, the next two weeks, I'm pretty sure it's going to keeping these guys healthy and make sure, hey, we need you guys to play out of the height. We need to continue to have you guys play out of the highway. Uh, Look at the skill positions. Uh, the wide receiver's good. Um, 18, good. Uh, nothing report there. Donovan, once he took the knee brace off, became absurd, is the best word for it. I, I think you, I think there, you missed a, a a little bit of a camp, um, small injury. that wasn't right to me. Uh but I think you could just tell, like, mentally, just he needed to have something, something triggered, um, something unlocked, something in his mind. And I think, took off the knee brace and started getting adjusted that, start looking at the practice reports and whose name starts popping up more and more and more. And more. Donovan It's not because the AT was being bad or or being bad or something was happening. It's you know, he's a guy that is going can be any single way if he wants to. He's welcome to he can go to a catch, can make a highlight catch across the field, just be a burner. He can find a, find soft spots and defenses. He's a just a good receiver. And I think that at now being have been adjusted to wearing the knee brace. Uh, he He'll be that guy. I, there's nothing really to worry about in slot. Taylor Morin's value went up, actually, being in the slot. Love that he was on the outside, did well, but much better in slot. Just he's going to be a, a nice safety out there. Deshaun uh, Williams had a really, really had a rough start to camp, but has picked it up since. And I think that's the theme of the camp is, you know, and that's the thing with any camp, but it's it's really, you know, take out the guys who struggle early that are, you're expecting, hey, you're supposed to be a contributor. Maybe they struggle a little bit. Not everyone can have three straight weeks of being a top tier guy, but a guy like Houston ever had a rough go the first couple of days or so and then lit up the last, last back half of camp. And I think that's what you want is, you know, what happens when adversity ha- adversary, uh, happens because not every, play is gonna go your way, you're not gonna run every route right. You're probably Kevin Higgins wants you to, but not everything's gonna go your way. What's gonna happen if you got if you get a drop, are you gonna bounce? Are you gonna sit there and, and just dwell on it for the next 10, 15 plays, or are you gonna sit there and bounce back and, and do well? And speaking of that, Wesley Grimes looked like a freshman for about a week and a half. <laughs> looked like a freshman. But I think he's played himself into a role that I think he'll be fifth um right now. Um, him and Sash Desbond will be best or if we won't be behind. Uh good old Jackson Hensley, who I mean, walk-on great story. Jackson Hensley's got some speed to him. I don't I don't want to sell him any any short But yeah, He's it's not some regular walk-on. I mean he he ch- could have gone to an Ivy League school if he wanted to. Um when he camped, he was one of the fastest people, about the fastest person at a couple of camps that he went to. So, I mean, it's not like Grimes is just sitting behind some scrubs. Like, I, I think the plan for Grimes is going to be, all right, how do I elevate my play in order to get snaps? And I I, I always want to temper people's expectations about snaps, and especially with freshmen. Jamal Banks was Wake Forest's, what, fourth receiver last year? If you sat there and had a guess of how many actual snaps Jamal Banks had you'd probably be wrong. Just in general, Jamal Banks had 170 snaps across 12 games. 170. I mean, across 12 games, that's what? About 14 14 snaps a game? That's fine. And my question to that is, are you going to burn Wesley Grimes' shirt for 14 snaps a game? Probably not. So I, I think there, I think you'll find a way into four games, and I think depending on how he practices, will be if they actually pull a shirt off. Um, tight end, I don't want to act like I'm ignoring the tight end. Um, Blake Whitehart is is a solid guy. Um, I didn't really hear much about Gator Bowl. Um, I, I have a feeling that he's going to be more of a Connor Hebbler type of guy um, of in heavy deep or any sort of that. Patents or Packers, that like they feel like they need a lot of extra blocking, they'll they'll bring him in. Um it's gonna be put up or shut up time this fall for Cam Height. He I think he will be the number two tight end. He's gotta play like it. Just point blank. He's just he's gotta play like it. Um last year when we saw him wasn't the best, and I think he's progressed since then. Especially this fall. There was some there's some days he he definitely flashed. He's gotta put it all together. Um that's just kind of the reality of it running back I just have on my notes. Woo uh, just as Justin Dalton will be a starter. Um I I, don't, I know there's one A, one B, one C. I think this is going to be this is Justin Ellison's even I think the snaps are going to reflect that it's a three headed monster. But is going to be the number one. Turner who actually hasn't fumbled to my knowledge during fall Camp I've been with <laughs> um Turner's going to be the number two and they are really excited he's can he can hit some more runs? He just got he's got to stay up, Um and or football, but he's got to stay up. Um, so I think those two are set. And then you know number three right now would be Quentin Um I I think behind that would be, Demond Claiborne and then West, and then Will Towns by a by a nose. Um And so the question is, you know, how do you get your four star running back on the field early? Uh, I think I think DeMarc is going to have a very fun role on kickoffs if he can if he can prove he can block if he can if he's willing to block that's the better part if he's, if he's willing to block I think he will be in nasa I, I think they'll end up not this is just a guess right here but I think he will end up not throwing Green on kickoffs you know I which I kind of agree with you don't know, it's right now it would be him a combination of him or Keyshawn Williams or Taylor Wren. It's like do you really want to put your best three guys Two of your best three guys on on a play that could be a weird injury. Um, but they could. But I think you know, if Clayborn mm-hmm. can show he he to the block, kickoffs would be a, a great place to get him on the field. And you know, if Christian Turner puts the ball on the ground, if Quinn Cooley, who has been banged up, I mean he was banged up his freshman year, he's banged up last year, missed some time during spring and fall camp. If if Cooley isn't necessarily if he can't prove, he can't say a hundred percent. And I love Cooley, like demonically, wears right there. Um, again, I don't know if they end up burning the shirt. I, I think he has a better shot than Grimes to burn a shirt. But I, I think we'll see some of him. I don't know how much, but I, I think running back is is. I think the running back talent wise is is going to be great. Blocking wise, we'll see. There, they actually performed decently well with that. This. uh, Ball camp, but it's different when you play against the same people all the time versus when you play against someone that's going to be playing a completely different game. Uh, So we'll see. Uh, The talent wise is going to be there. It's I think it's going to come down to you know how does that offensive line handle Like last year, the offensive line wasn't that great him blocking. Be better this year. I think we're going to actually be great. Before I get to the quarterbacks, kicking Ivan Morrow, thumbs up. He's back, healthy, good, full go. No need to worry there. Um, in terms of actual place kicker replacing Nick Skiba, I'd probably line it at Matthew Dennis minus 200 right now. Um, he, was, he was a lot more consistent during fall camp. Um, I think he entered it ahead. If I, I'd get take a guess, I think he'd enter it ahead. Um, and I think the last scrimmage where, you know, the practice before, he missed, he missed um, a kick or two. Um, I mean, they're going to miss kicks. It happens. Not everyone's Nick Skiba. But the fact that he had a day that wasn't great, and then came back to the scrimmage and nailed and nailed some kicks, I think that I, that to me speaks volumes of okay. You again adversity. How, how do you respond to a bad day? Do you respond to a bad day by compounding bad days, or do you just get back on the horse? And Matthew Dennis got back on the horse. Not saying uh, Zach Murphy didn't, and I think Zach Murphy might end up having a, a good role, a big role as a kickoff specialist. We're gonna, I think, we're gonna find that out probably on. November on September first. I think there's room for a lot of. I think there's room for all kickers to be happy here. And I think I also think a big reason why Matthew Dennis might end up getting the job is I think the snaps and the holds and everything. I think that's a lot. Zach Murphy has never has that down to the side of him being a kicker, and I think that play that will play a role in how this goes. And because if the snap and the hold isn't where really, the snap is not conducive to them, but if the hold isn't clean. Doesn't matter how far you can kick it. You got it, it's, it's a it's a three person job: snapper, holder, kicker. And I think it'll. I think it's been a lot cleaner with Dennis and Murphy as the holder. Um, quarterbacks, 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 quarterbacks. The thing I'll say on Sam Hartman, and this isn't trying to hide anything that I know or anything of like that. It's it's been consistent that it was a lot better than everyone else expected. I truthfully do not know what the exact diagnosis was. I can tell you with honor percent verification right now, I do not, I, I have not seen his medical chart. Um, I will say it, ha- it was better than what they originally expected. And I think the fears of it bleeding into November or even late October have definitely been quelled. Um, I'm not, I can't put a date on when I, I don't I don't want to put a date on it, but I would say if he's not back by Florida state. So that's week five, the week after Clemson. I think Florida state would be the latest, at least right now that I would expect him back again. I haven't been getting, given a date. I have no idea in terms of like what the actual target date is. Um, but i I think realistically we could expect him it's a it's a moving it's a moving table I could wake up tomorrow morning and it'd be oh no he's not coming out until november fifteenth it's a moving target at this point but I think there's optimism around him being available around week three to week four, if there's optimism if there's optimism but that's as far as I can go in terms of my knowledge of the situation in terms of what I've heard. Uh, and also I don't necessarily, I don't think it's my place to necessarily dig on this in terms of getting the right answer. It doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference right now. It's, you know, is that, to me right now, the biggest thing is one is Sam, okay. Two, is he, is he healthy? Is he healthy? And three, Mitch Griffiths. That is, that is my three in order right now. And speaking of Mitch Griffiths, you know, I think he's been up, and I think he's been down. Um, I think the downs that he had were definitely. I think you look. At, I think you look at downs with with a guy with a new guy more than you look at the ups. Um, some of his downs weren't weren't the best, um, but I mean that's he's he's not risk averse. Like he's he's gonna try to fit some balls in some places, phrasing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he's gonna try to fit some passes in places and. I'm really, and I like that. I I like someone that's not that's willing to take risks. I really do enjoy the fact, and he he doesn't put the ball on the ground, so that's really good. Um, I do enjoy the fact that he's willing to run. Uh, Part of that was the offensive line, Um, but he he is he does not care about scramble. He is he's about it. Let him if he sees a if he thinks that he can get some yards on the ground, he'll do it. And I think Dave Clawson's. Pretty much, answer of what it's going to be, and we all know it's. it's I don't do a scenario where Mitch Cooper falls out and then takes over from Sam, but I think it's a situation where I have some high expectations for Mitch Griffiths, from what I've heard both before this sort of ordeal started, and some expectations from what I've heard during during practice. So some of his good days have been really good, uh, but I think. I mean, every passer is a rhythm passer. I think mean, once he gets into a rhythm and once he gets settled, things just start clicking and going and going and going. And I'm I'm excited about, about Mitch. I think next year he'll be a great starter, but I think this year, general, the first few games, however long it be, two, three, four, seven, ten games, um, he's become a lot more settled. Um, I think he adds dynamic to this offense that we haven't since really John Walker and this is not me to say he's going to be John Walker but I think the fact that he's able to make wins, the fact that how he's been is the offense, it is, it reminds, it is reminded me and people of John And it's right now, it's just a matter of reps. There's so much timing that goes into these routes and goes into just being quarterback in general. Uh, if Boss had to go um, right after the scrimmage, uh, he just needs to get, get Reps was um, is that group. Sam Marvin was thrown. I can't count how many balls done. Three in a Torian period. and Taylor Morin. Mitch is thrown maybe 10 to 15 of those reps. So every day he goes out in first with guys. Skinny posts through ends inside Marin. That looked like a run. I think mean, at times last week he was a fraction earlier, a fraction late. That rode that thing, pulled out, tied good things a lot better. A lot of this is going to be just repping, 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 putting out. I don't necessarily, I don't think Mitch's floor. And I think four is a big part of this. I don't think Mitch's four is lower than Sam Harper's. I think, I think the fact he can make plays with the speed is makes his four a lot higher. And I think he, as long as he gets just a, honestly, just go up there and give us a B performance. Good. I don't even need an a Give us a B performance. Good. Um, I think we're, I'm excited about, I'm excited about Mitch and I think Wall. Be happy about this. when the lights come on. Um, just a little bit of a scheduling update for the next week or now, until September first. We'll have a few more episodes. Uh, one consistently breaking down the offense, what what we've seen. We'll actually we see, you know, maybe some schematic talk. We'll break down the defense, and we'll have some season predictions. Uh, really excited for football to be back. I'm really excited to be back. It's it's a lot. It feels better. It feels normal. With that, go Deeks.